This podcast edition of Other Side of Texas is brought to you by our friends at Flint Boot and Hat, a West Texas original. You want a great hat or you want to make your boots great again, go see them at 3035 34th Street or Flint and 34th Street in Lubbock or see more at flinthat.com. It was freezing cold in Dallas when I made my getaway. I outran a cold front when I gave my truck the rent. Barreling down I-35 with one thought on my mind. Forget the race, find an open space, be that city. Hey there, howdy. Thanks for tuning in, and thanks for telling friends that you hang out on these parts, the other side of Texas. Glad that you're in. Think you'll be glad that you stay along with us on this edition of the program. I'm already grinning ear to ear. So glad to be with you, and so glad for so many of you who've started listening and Really enjoy the program. Always go download that podcast and uh, leave us a rating and maybe a comment about how you feel about this. OSTX broadcasting from the Racer Car Wash Studios. I thought that is probably the best, one of the best and most lucrative. It's almost like being uh, owning a, a funeral parlor. Because you're always going to have to get your car wash, and nobody does it better than Racer Car Wash. Voted Lubbock's best wash for five years running. Stop into one of five convenient locations across the Hub City. Best wash around, guaranteed. Racerwash.com. You guys hear me say it all the time. Go see why I love these guys. I don't just talk about them and take their money. I talk about them and give them back their money there at Racer Car Wash. Uh, you want to be a part of the program? Welcome to Text In Today, 806-745-5800. you have thoughts as you're listening along afterwards up there on uh, iTunes? I believe we're about to be up on Stitcher. Most everywhere where you can get a podcast, we're about to be there. And <clears throat> we're going to go take care of their, bust up some of their ratings too. Uh, J at other side of Texas.com. Speaking of, we do have some anonymous mail to get into in the last portion. Yeah, we got we got some anonymous mail to get into. Last portion of the program today, setting it up. We're gonna have Ross Ramsey, executive editor, the dean of Texas political journalism, in with us. Uh, executive editor of the Texas Tribune. About, uh, again, 10 minutes, we're going to talk about uh, why Beto's swoon may not be a Beto win. Talk about what's going on, why there are children that still have not been connected with their families. been a long time since I've looked at that. Going to hear from Ross Ramsey on that, as well as uh, making into to some Regent Gate there with Ross Ramsey. And that's where we'll pick up this edition of the program with some with some Regent Gate and uh, look at our friend Matt Dotre in the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. But uh, we got to make it right before we get in. Oh, we're also going to play a game of what do you got uh, coming up. Our friend John Lewis is going to come in. We're going to play what do you got. And I uh, think you'll enjoy that as well. Uh, but first, some region gate under John Sharp and Rick Perry's thumb right here. It's hard. And look, I don't like admitting it, but we are. That's where we are. And uh, yeah. so uh, former Lubbock mayor, or excuse me, former Amarillo mayor withdraws $10 million gift to Texas Tech following the Chancellor's retirement. This ran page one on the Avalanche Journal. Again, you other siders, thanks for hanging out. Uh, they picked up the story, and we're appreciative for the mention in the story. And we have to get Jerry Hodge on the program. I mean, this guy, yeah, he's really, he's really a character. And I think well-intentioned. We'll try to get him. I wanted to try to get him today. We're going to work hard tomorrow. 
Former mayor of Amarillo, Jerry Hodge, said he's withdrawing his $10 million donation. Now, for you guys playing at home, Bob Duncan was, so far as the chairman of the Board of Regents, who, by the way, whoa, 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 did you know that a street by the Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center has been renamed. I don't know how long ago this was, but I looked up on Google Maps, got a picture that we put up in a piece um, about downtown El Paso and what we feel like. And whenever I say we, the royal we, me, um, logically deduces that there's a big business there for a lot of people uh for the dental school in downtown El Paso. But one of those streets has been, and I've got to thank our friends at the Lubbockist, uh, at Lubbockist on Twitter, uh, for pointing this out. But one of those streets has been renamed uh, Rick Francis Drive. Make a left there on Rick Francis Drive and get to your neighborhood health sciences center. Anyhow, that, what Francis has argued is, well, we, we had to get rid of Bob Duncan because over the course of four years, Bob Duncan raised the system's budget by uh, $5 million. And we can get into the weeds of what kind of costs were absorbed in that $5 million over four years. One was the Taj Mahal um, that is the system's building that was decided on. If you've never been in there, you've got to go in there. I mean, it looks incredible i don't know how much there's tons of i, I think it was 27.5 million dollars and they decided on this before duncan even came on um texter yeah it was ahead of me there keith 27.5 million dollars was thrown down on that building yeah, they were having a McGuire moment and, and built that thing. But then you've got the utilities that come on with it. I don't know what the square footage is. I know that you walk in and there's like this chandelier thing that is like worth four or five average household income in, in Lubbock, uh, at least their residences. Anyhow, you absorb the utilities in that and you get to and, you know, you have some insurance hikes here, insurance hikes there, and you get to five million over four years pretty quickly. Uh, you've grown and you got to pay for what you have and they gain quite a bit. Excuse me while I take a swallow of my Topo Chico. Getting back to this. Well, why I laid all that out is this. This gift from Jerry and Margaret Hodge, $10 million. And Hodge will go on to say in this piece that they gave it because of their friend, Bob Duncan. That's what their motivation was. Now, you fire a guy over $5 million, and then you have... Uh, and then you have a $10 million gift withdrawn? Like in any other business, Chairman Francis, uh, Finance Chairman John Steinmetz, any other business, you gone. Bye, Felicia. You're out. So long, peace. Uh, you're done. And uh, this thing just continues to blow up in uh in their faces. I, I wonder, I really wonder, I hadn't looked at the next board meeting, but I wouldn't be surprised if they hold it somewhere else. Uh, Jerry Hodge pulls that money out. Now, this again in the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. First published on Lubbock radio host Jay Leeson's website, The Other Side of Texas. Hodge wrote an email to the tech officials shortly after this information was released, writing, Margaret and I have been discussing our gift in the Texas Tech Regents, and I must tell you we are not happy at all. I don't like to be called out of the blue by a reporter about our planned gift. As you know, Chancellor Duncan is our friend and uh, the reason why we considered that gift, the gift that no longer is giving at this point. And folks have asked me, as we queue up some Ross Ramsey, does this mean the end of the vet school? And I want to do a whole segment on, I think that there are, now this is the most unpopular opinion of the day. 
But I think that there's valid dissent against the vet school, and this discussion ought to be had. Now, it's not going to be had because now we're like in vigilante mode, but all I to say, I, I think I lean towards the sides of, yes, there needs to be a vet school, but the whole point is this. How you get vet schools is through Bob Duncan's. How you get dental schools, Chairman Francis, is through Bob Duncan's. And guess who's not there anymore? Bob Duncan. And that's not to belittle Ted Mitchell or whoever the next uh, chancellor will be. I quite frankly believe that Texas Tech is a much stronger place and West Texas is a stronger place with a Duncan and a Mitchell. I don't know about you. Again, you might be a part of the program. Throw your thoughts out. 806-745-5800. Going to go make some money. Be back in real quickie break here on the other side of Texas. All I know is you got to keep trying. got to let down and keep The only sure thing is Texas and I. Hey, we hang out on the other side of Texas because of great sponsors. The other side of Texas is sponsored by the law firm of Mullen Horton Brown LLP with offices in Lubbock, Amarillo, and Dallas, employing creative legal solutions to address your business needs in the areas of commercial litigation, banking, financial restructuring, employment law, and estate planning. Every week he joins us here, and here it is. His time again, Ross Ramsey, executive editor of the Texas Tribune. Ross Ramsey, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great, sir. How are you? Uh, We're rolling along. Appreciate you making time to uh, be a part of the other side and caring about the other side of Texas there, Mr. Uh, Big Austin political reporter. It's my side of Texas. That's where I came from. Yeah, from El Paso. Right. Born in Amarillo, raised in El Paso. So, west. West. Way up there. Way up there. Way up there and Uh, way over there. Right. Do you think I'm right, Ross, whenever I say to, I'll say to the audience every once in a while, look, because I talk about how Lubbock, the rural metropolis, shares a mutual fate with the rural counties and that there aren't cattle guard gates around Lubbock's or Amarillo's or Abilene's or Midland, Odessa's, that the problems will will eventually come in. If the rural counties fail, then the big cities are, are in trouble the bigger cities, I should say. But what I'll say is, look, Jayton, Morton, Childress, Muleshoe, uh, Canadian, Lubbock, all the same thing in Austin, and by and large, they don't much care. I'm not mean you. I mean by and large when we're talking about the legislature and otherwise. You know, by and large, the legislature and the statewides care most about where most of their votes are. So the people from where you're talking about do care about it. But generally speaking, you know, the votes come from inside the triangle formed by the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, the Austin-San Antonio splatter, and the Houston uh, Metroplex. So, you know, outside of that, you have to yell for attention. Uh, I want to come back to this just in a moment, but do you hear chatter about what we call Regent Gate? You don't have to call it that, but we're calling Regent Gate. Do you hear chatter about that more and more in Austin, or is it just kind well, there's of like a lot that. of talk about it. You know, Tech has a big um, contingent of alumni. You know, Raider Nation's pretty big. It's not as big as Longhorn Nation or Aggie Nation, but it's significant, and it's significant inside that triangle we were just talking about. So, you know, it's not just a thing that's happening out in Lubbock. I mean, you know, it is that, but it's also a thing that a lot of people that are in politically more influential parts of the state and influential boardrooms and things like that are, you know, paying attention to. Okay. So some crossover appeal there with the red and black deal. Um, Ross, so let's get in with a couple of pieces every Monday and by Monday, I mean at 12.01 AM on Monday, same on Wednesdays and Fridays, uh, you can read Ross Ramsey's analysis there at texastribune.org. Want to get in with a couple of things here. Still down on the border, the political, all the current events roll along, the political events roll along into the elections. 
but we're still looking at some 400 kids or so who are separated from their families, uh, migrant families that have been separated. Why is that still the case? Well, they haven't cleaned it up yet. You know, the the zero tolerance policy that the administration really decided to pursue hard in late April um, produced about 2,600 um, separations. So these separations where kids were over here and adults were over there, and through the course of you know public conversation about it and a lot of courtroom stuff that's been going on about this, the administration dropped the policy. Uh, the, gov- uh, the president signed uh, an executive order, as you remember, back in June to stop the zero tolerance policy and began reassembling these families um, that, that came over. And they still have 400 kids who have not been reattached to their parents or to the adults they came over with. Some number of those are in this situation where you know they they got here the parents have been deported or the adults have been deported and have said don't reattach us you know and presumably they think the kids are either better off over here or they can't take them back or or whatever so we've got 400 wards of the state right now some of whom are you know the government's still trying to reattach to their you know guardians and some of whom look like they're just going to be in US hands well so do you know well, a general ballpark on how many, how many of these uh, kids are caught up in a situation of do not reattach. Uh, I don't know exactly the number of kids. The way they filed this in court was they said 199 of the adults have said that they don't want to be reattached to the kids, and the phrase that they use is parent indicated desire against reunification includes a significant number of parents outside the US including indications conveyed through steering committee this is you know their legal terms so if you've got 199 adults that's at least 100 kids but it doesn't say how many kids are associated with them so if it's two adults per kid it's at least 100 kids if it's more than that it's as many as you know two or 300 what what percentage do you think and I'm going to use the word smuggled but children who are brought over with people who aren't their parents or aren't their guardians? The number of kids, I don't know the exact number of that. They do have uh, the adult presently outside the U.S. is 300. The adult in other federal, state, or local custody is just nine. Uh, The adult uh, didn't pass a red flag background check. Uh, There's 34 in that category. Um, there's uh, 57 kids still under review. I mean, it's just we're in this sort of inventory thing where they're still sorting it out, and they're unable to say specifically we're going to have this many kids unattached at the end of this thing, this many kids are going back to their parents, these are wards of the state, these are going home, or these are going into asylum or into immigration processing somewhere else. So if I want to go to the bar later and you know get a couple of bourbons in, and start raising cane about how ineffective government is. My number there is whenever I point to the border is, you know, what about these two hundred and fifty kids or so? Because well, I, it's you know, I'd, I'd say the number right now is still four hundred because they haven't resolved these cases. Four hundred and sixteen kids remain in care where the adult associated with the child is not eligible for reunification or is not available for this for discharge at this time. They have 400 kids who are wards of the federal government because of this policy whose cases they have not yet sorted out. Hmm. Ross Ramsey, as we carry on, let's pivot. Uh, Beto O'Rourke and lots lots of folks are swooned by him. I've got my own conspiracy theory, my own tinfoil hat, that he (laughs) may well be, I think he will at least be the vice presidential pick in 2020 for the Democrats, unless he doesn't win in Texas, and maybe even if he wins in this particular race. But there's a lot of Beto swooning going on, and it's hard. I've sat across from him for 35, 40 minutes, and it's, it's, you can disagree with him, but it's hard not to like him, okay? So in this race, it seems to be about likability more and more, uh, you think the swooning effect is is going to translate into a victory, Ross? 
You know, I don't know. I mean, the way to bet on this is to bet on the Republican because that's, you know, Republicans have been winning statewide elections since 1994. They're undefeated in those things. Ted Cruz is a formidable politician. He's very good at this. Um, and he's running against a Democrat who's getting all of the Democratic attention in the state and, you know, a fair amount of it nationally right now. And part of that has to do with, you know, Ted Cruz running for president and, you know, in the process of running for president, he stacked up some noisy enemies. And that makes, you know, this thing look like a, you know, look at the moment, like, as you say, a personality race. When you get out to it in October, when people start voting in the second half of October, um, you will be, you know, that'll be on the other side of, you know, something like 40 days of advertising from Ted Cruz and traveling from Beto O'Rourke. And I bet you're going to think differently about both of these guys by the time you get there. This will, this will snap back into regular focus. It's certainly possible that O'Rourke, um, you know, you never, you never rule out the possibility that somebody can win a race. But I think the way to bet here is to bet on the Republican and to bet on the incumbent. If on election day or election night, O'Rourke's been elected, I think even the people in the O'Rourke campaign are going to be surprised somewhat. Hmm. Um, surprised like how bad it is or surprised that well they're going to be no they're going to be surprised if i mean if they win this race if o'rourke wins okay. this race it's going to be a surprise and an upset to everybody involved on both sides okay uh ross ramsey you're i'm going to call her your reporter because you're a co-founder of texas tribune but uh shannon najmabadi wrote a piece went in depth and frankly i'm a little disappointed we were expecting that to drop on friday and I'm going to look at you, executive editor, and say we had to wait till late Sunday night. But late <laughs> is worth waiting until after midnight uh, for the piece, a deep dive into uh, longstanding or lengthy or, you know, conflicts that have been going on sometime between border regents, chairman of Texas Tech, uh, Rick Francis, and former Chancellor Robert Duncan. What, do you, what did you pick up as you read through that piece? Well, you know, we're, we're still learning about this thing. I think one of the things that is um, frustrating about this is that, you know, the day that you find out that Robert Duncan is leaving Texas Tech, you don't have the whole story. None of us did. None of us, you know, had access to this happened and then this happened and then this happened. You don't have a full autopsy. And, and frankly, we still don't have a full autopsy, but we're learning more as we go. People are talking a little bit more about it as we go, and, you know, we're slowly working our way toward a full story of what's going on at Texas Tech and what happened to Robert Duncan and what's going on with this vet school and who was involved and when were they involved and what did they do and, you know, how much of, how much of the rumor stuff is actually right, how much of the rumor stuff is wrong. We're just trying to get to the bottom of it. And, you know, Shannon got a, you know, made a pretty good advance on that, but I don't think we're all the way there. I think there are still a lot of questions about this. And I still, you know, I think to go back to your earlier point, I'm, you know, there's obviously a lot of questions inside Lubbock and, and around Lubbock and tech, but there are a bunch of questions around the state. Raider nation is a pretty big contingent in the state and they have the ears of some people in Austin. And I think there are a lot of people still trying to work out exactly what happened here. Yeah. So Ross, let me just put you on the spot here, and I don't, I'm not in any way asking you to take a side, but lots of folks in Lubbock, a new name for them, um, people within the listening area is John Sharp, and this is somebody uh, for whom you've worked, and without mm -hmm. taking a side here, can you just describe, because it's easy to come up with caricatures or just think the worst of somebody, I've maintained throughout this whole process uh, that at the end of the day, I really respect him as a politician uh, because he knows how to move pieces. But describe John Sharp from somebody who's worked close with him. Uh, tell listeners what your takeaway is from with John Sharp. You know, I think you know. I think you mostly said it. I think you know he's a he's a very talented uh, politician. He's very good at um, putting deals together and getting things done. You know, you can see that in, you know, what he did in, when he was a legislator, a railroad commissioner, a controller, uh, and now as chancellor of Texas A&M. You, know, you know, he gets results. He does a lot of, you know, um, 
he can get a lot done. I would I would say something like that about Robert Duncan. And I mean, these guys are both very good at the things that you would expect really good politicians to be good at. It's not just running campaigns. It's once you get in office, what did you do with it? And these guys are both the kinds of people who stack who have stacked up really impressive great resumes um you know one of the things we're still trying to get to the bottom of is you know um was sharp involved in this or not you know he clearly doesn't want and publicly doesn't want texas tech to get a vet school and has you know his reasons for that you know whether he did anything you know played in this in some way or or not you know i think remains to be seen he's he's said you know i didn't have anything to do with it i don't control my own regions my thoughts texas tech's and that's where it stands right now. But like I said, we don't know everything yet. Yeah. But you did work for him in the controller's office. Give us one one thing that you took away, one of the most impressive feats by John Sharp, just, again, to describe him to folks, uh, something that he got done that you would have never thought somebody could have gotten he, done. He passed Rick Perry's tax bill through a Republican legislature. As a Democrat, the whole property tax, yeah, the whole property tax thing, and no, hold on, I'm together... pointing out to listeners, John Sharp is a Democrat, er, may still be a Democrat, right. but was a Democrat at that time. Go ahead. Yeah, he's always run as a Democrat, and you know, he, in fact, he ran against Rick Perry in um, 1998. He's the guy Perry called on. You know, they, you know, went a few years and then finally kissed and made up. They were in school together. They, you know, kind of came up together. And Perry couldn't get a tax bill through the legislature to get property taxes, you know, to get the legislature to um, tinker with property taxes, to get rid of the franchise tax, to do a bunch of other stuff, and kind of was throwing his hands up and called in Sharp, and Sharp was able to get that done. That's, you know, um, it's really, really difficult to get a tax bill through the Texas legislature, much less when the legislature's all Republicans, and Sharp did it. You know, he's, but, he's good at that kind of but stuff. But looking at it, like for listeners – the controller is elected statewide, but by these days, and this isn't a knock on uh, Glenn Hager or his predecessor, but these days it's just kind of like a person who's off to the side. But to have somebody who's effective enough to get in and work 150 in the House, 31 in the Senate, to get a tax bill through, I think, says something about Sharp. Yeah, he's got really great abilities of, you know, working, working in government. He knows how it works. Who could Joe better? Bob Bullock or John Sharp? Uh, different different animals and both very, very talented ones. Okay. It's like two apex predators. You want me to pick the lion or the tiger? <laughs> That's good enough. Ross Ramsey every <laughs> Monday, Wednesday, and Friday there at Texas Tribune. Ross, always good. Appreciate you coming well, on, buddy. It's always a pleasure. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Uh, Going to take a little... Uh, make a little bit more money as we roll along here on the program uh you got some uh what do you got coming up uh, gonna play a game of what do you got gonna play the ditty and everything what do you got yeah, uh, we're gonna play that coming up as we roll along thanks for staying with us want to listen to these commercials good folks go buy their stuff uh be back here in a couple a minute or two right here on the other side of texas And these, man, I tell you what, been waiting around all day for these public records requests, day 10, waiting for some responses, and uh, that Texas A&M University not being very compliant, I can tell you that, that gummit, uh, and it's, we were efforting on, those came in right before the program, and we're going to try to get into some of that if we're able what's not whited out or blacked out and every journalist listening is laughing but whenever you ask for a record of who sat in the chancellor's suite over the last two years that's a pretty simple question segment brought to you by lubbock file room providing safe and secure document storage and shredding services to lubbock and the surrounding area since 1992 for a free and hassle-free estimate call our friends lubbockfileroom.com 
That's 806-744-7666. What could be more simple than responding to a request about who sat in your booth? And if that is not, if if that is too specific, then guess what, A&M? I'm going to send you another request tonight, and I want to know who sat in the chancellor's booth at the Clemson game last week because my understanding is right now it's my understanding i can't state it as fact so i'm not saying i know this to be true but my understanding is that four members of the higher education coordinating board along with i saw the governor giving his gigum sign down there on the sidelines that all of these folks were in the booth and uh john sharp you can move some pawns and here on the other side of texas uh, we can move some conversation, and that's the next request I'm going to put in. And for those of you who are saying, well, Lisa, what are you talking about, the Higher Education Coordinating Board? That's where everything goes through so far as vet school. That's where all of this stuff happens is through the Higher Education Coordinating Board. So that's uh, that's the next request we're going to make. And Okay, so I understand that maybe there's some, um, maybe you're trying to obstruct, and I could certainly understand why, but at the same time, I can't understand why. Pretty clear-cut question for you guys at Texas A&M. Who sat in the chancellor's booth, the greatest, the greatest lobbying atmosphere in Texas, there in the Texas A&M chancellor's booth. By the way, this Saturday at Texas Tech's game is the, the cotton. Yeah, we're going to celebrate cotton. And luckily this year, as of now, they've not gone multicolors and all these sorts of different, where you're black, where you're red, where you're black and red, where pinstriped red uh, with plaid black. That's not happened, and I'm really grateful for that. But at the same time, uh, this Saturday is the whiteout game, quote-unquote, where we celebrate cotton. And you guys that wear clothes composed of, um, you guys that are wearing clothes that are composed of oil fabrics, this is not the game for you. But the University of Houston saying, you know what, uh, no, we're going to be wearing white. So... I'm not sure what the call is. Tomorrow we have Chris Level, Red Raider Sports. Get into that in a little bit more. But uh, first, we're going to play a little game of uh, with our friend John Lewis. We're going to play a little game of What Do You Got? And uh, here he is. Uh, how you doing? Now, hold on a second. I hate to interrupt your regularly programmed schedule, but... Uh... Well, Leeson, this is Chancellor of the finest university in the civilized world, John Sharp. Down here in the college station, calling from my mobile phone. John, I'm I could play that fine little game with you. Wait, wait, John Sharp on a mobile. John Sharp on a mobile phone? Are you sure? You heard it here first. Wow. Well, John Sharp. I mean, let's give him his due. Wow. That you would call. I mean. We know that a lot of you guys listen down there. Um, wow, John Sharp, thanks for calling in. Well, no problem. It's good to hear some thankfulness from one of my kind vassals up there on the Catrock. Vassals. I listen to your program. Wow. Well, I listen to it in the mandatory listening from my office and in our lobby. I mean, my consultant does anyway, Daniel Hodge. Wait, whoa, is Daniel Hodge your consultant or your lobby? Hey, makes, no difference. makes no difference. Now listen, you play that game, what do you got? I like that game because, frankly, I got a whole lot, and I'd like to play that game with you now. Uh, There's a nice little ditty y'all got. You mind playing it for me? Uh, well, I appreciate you. I mean, we know that you listen, and sure, uh, we can play what do you got. I'll play it with you. Um, John Sharp on a mobile phone, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get into it. What do you got? I'm on the stage right now on 19th Street. Yeah, 
I kind of like this stuff. I like me. You know what? 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 You know I'm sure I'm glad. Now, listen, 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 listen. Before you try and carry this away from the king himself, I think we're going to change up the rules a little bit. Uh, now, hold on, John Sharp on the mobile phone. We have rules and we have a process. You can't just go changing the rules, <laughs> Chancellor, uh, to what, what you can and cannot do. <laughs> listen here, little Jaylee. Do you know who you're talking to? Have you asked old Duggan and my five regents about what I can and cannot do? It's mm, a good point. <laughs> so uh, w- what do you have in mind, John Sharp, on the mobile <laughs> well, phone? Let me ask you a little question real quick. You know what squeals louder than five hogs? Um, what's that? Five dick regents! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now, seeing as that I own the university up there, I'm going to ask Wait, what the university or the... I intend to do with you. Now, let's get started. The university or the university? <laughs> now, listen here, boy. You going to get smart with me or am I going to have to take away your Rosa's Tortilla Factory next? Okay. Right. We've certainly seen what you can do, John <laughs> Hey, Jay, let me put you in your place real quick, boy. The only thing rustier than your old radio program is the equipment in your AM radio studio. (laughs) Now, you want to play what do you got and what I'm going to do with it or what? It makes for good listenership, so I'll just take it the way that I've taken it thus far. Okay. All right. Now, let me ask you a question. What statues you got on my campus there? Um, well, there's the Preston Smith statue, and yes, then well, there's the uh, Will Rogers on Soap Suds yes, statue. Yes, sir, and, that one. Uh, I believe one of the first things I'm going to do is shift that old Soap Suds ass towards Austin instead of God's institution down in College Station. How, <laughs> how are you going to do that, John Sharp on With a mobile? With Corp of Engineering Boys. Now tell me about your old H-E-B supermarket arena. Uh, H-E-P, do you mean the United Supermarkets Arena? That's the one. That's the one. Yes. Believe we're going to take your boy's coat. Then I'm going to make them. I'm going to make that into a showing sheep arena. Be mighty fine. You're going to take Coach Beard and then you're going to use the whole USA arena for sheep? Why, yes. We've got the state's only vet school. And we're doing some research on putting out a statewide sheep ride sharing service. A sheep ride sharing service? Why, yes, don't you see this little research project we got going on up there? You do the same thing as an Uber, but afterwards you get a free coat. You don't even have to leave a tip. Now tell me about your little old flat football field, y'all. <laughs> the Jones, the, you're talking about the Jones, AT&T Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it will be when I flatten it and build my own vet school on top of there. Wait, you, so there's a vet school coming to Texas Tech? I may not, though. Just to enjoy that thing y'all call a football team. Besides, the whole town smells like cow feces. You might be shall we say, overqualified as the side of a vet school. Now, hold on just a damn minute. Hey, Reason, I gotta go. I'm getting a call from a marginally more important 2D high school that I gotta take for down there in El Paso. Thank you so much for playing. What do you think you got with me, uh, your new host? It's, uh, it's what, it's what do you got? Okay, big fella. You keep thinking that. <laughs> Uh, uh, wait, hold on. You can't just... Just hung up? I guess he can just come and go as he pleases. John Sharp. On, on a mobile phone. With 
What do you got? Okay. Um, not sure what to do with all that, but uh, pretty sure that we need to take a break so I can regain my composure and punch a couple holes in the wall. Be right back here on the other side of Texas. At Smith South Plains Ford, we're all about a better car buying experience. We understand that shopping for a car is a big deal, and that's why we believe in listening to what matters to you. Come see us in Leveland, where we have a wide selection of new Ford cars and trucks and an excellent sales staff. Love your car, love your dealership at Smith South Plains on Highway 114 in Leveland, Texas, or online at smithsouthplains.com. Love your car, love your dealership, Smith South Plains. Hey, back in uh, this segment, the anonymous mailbag. I try to do this weekly. As long as you all keep on sending me great leads and great emails, you have an opportunity to have it here on the program, live on the podcast that you can find on Apple iTunes. You can find it on Stitcher or anywhere where you can find a podcast. Just go search Other Side of Texas, wherever you're listening from. And I do appreciate, as Ross Ramsey mentioned earlier, the Raider Nation and how they've begun to attach to this program. And I am as crazy off air as uh, may appear on air. If it's if it's worth saying, then uh, if nobody else is going to say it, I will. And I appreciate all of you uh, listening and uh, just continue the same kind of uh, continue to expect this kind of content. Uh, this segment brought to you by our friends at Title One. Title One Lubbock's digital real estate and title escrow company. Title One is committed to providing you with the highest level of communication and service from the time the contract opens until it closes. See how Title One can serve your realty, consumer, and lending needs. TitleOne.com, 39 years old today. I uh, had the pleasure of speaking at, I mean, Sarah Self Warbrick, I don't understand. Like, if I'd have met her at 25, and she's doing, she's like professoring at Texas Tech. She's writing, like, one of the leads in the Lubbock Avalanche Journal every week. And I would just look and say, well, I have a really good fantasy football team. But she's just doing it. And uh, it was a real pleasure to go drop the kids off this morning at school and then drive up to Texas Tech and to talk to her class. And we were talking about podcasting and talking about radio and and how to grow in those roles and you know i had three things and we're going to do anonymous mailbag here in just a moment but my big things for those kiddos is that you have to know your niche and for me my niche is west texas and to understand not just the region but understand the economy and then begin to engage politics from my place and not to try to thrust upon my place what some Northeastern Rockefeller or some Facebook group has to say or what some guy who talks on Fox News or CNBC or anywhere else, what they have to say. I I understand how the place works, what makes it turn, that there's a continuity and knowledge involved and that whenever you involve these disruptions, then there's going to be problems. And so I understand the need for agriculture and education and health care in the region, but you know, you got to know your niche and that's what I feel like is my niche. And you better be an expert in that niche so that whenever you get, whenever you get in contact with a Jerry Hodge or you get in contact with sources or you get in contact with, you know what to do with it because you understand what, what you're having, you know, the role that you have and, uh, to understand the niche that you have, but that to say, uh, you know, you got to be funny too, and you got to entertain, you got to be informative, but you have to entertain at the same time. And that's what we try to do there with some John Sharp on a mobile. And you also make news that way. And I hope that this program has, is at least serves a role of informing folks and letting them know what's going on and not being afraid to stand up and 
just say what needs to be said at given times. It's not the best way to make friends, and um, uh, but at the same time, it is a way to say, look, this is this is a West Texas way, and we're gonna keep doing that here on the program. Um, so to the anonymous mailbag, a couple of things. Get into one email. Uh, one letter sent a letter the other day and it's not even a letter it's just a copy off of and i get this stuff all the time and if you have leads i'll vet you i'll make sure that you're real uh and from there i'll look at your information and i actually pay people through the commercials on this program to uh to vet this information so in this instance all I have is a, a letter from, it's a copy off a printout from the officer of, uh, from the office of Texas governor. And on the first page, it's uh, the Texas economic development, Texas economic development. And then on the first page, there's simply underlined governor's university's research initiative. And as I turn the page over, this did not come with an address. It came from DFW. Uh, again, appreciate folks listening over there. And it just has highlighted uh, Cindy Conroy of El Paso is first executive assistant and charitable coordinating, charitable giving coordinator of West Star Bank. West Star Bank is where uh, Board of Regents chairman, current Board of Regents chairman, underlying current, Board of Regents Chairman Rick Francis serves as a CEO, a chairman CEO, I believe. Previously, she was an executive associate in the office of the associate dean research at the uh, Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center at El Paso. Uh, So on the, the governor's Texas Economic Development Team, advisory board members... One is Cindy Conroy. Now, I expect that folks want me to look in deeper to what kind of influence she might have, and I don't know what that means. Is um, is she directing something that's against Texas Tech's interest or outside of it? I'm, I'm not sure. Going through these pages, make sure nothing else is highlighted. Cindy Conroy, C-O-N-R-O-Y. Uh, that on in the mail, I've got another couple of pieces of mail, but we're running short here. I um, plenty of texts rolling in about yes, it will be yes. Question from Roy: Will the John Sharp on the mobile be up on the podcast? Of course, and we might have Daniel put it up as a vertical. Um, this email: Excellent work on Regent Gate. Um, Really good piece on Daniel Hodge, who's a lobby, not a lobbyist, a consultant for Texas A&M University. And I will also also be filing a public records request uh, for the contract in communication. Well, I've already filed for communication. But I'm told, and this was sent to me right before the program, Daniel's been efforting that they're withholding that information for the time being? I mean, why would you withhold that? Um, If you could do an open records, one could delve into what quote-unquote policy advisor means, this being Daniel Hodge, the former chief of staff of the governor, who is now a consultant with the Texas A&M, not the university, but the systems office itself, where John Sharp reigns supreme. Um, We all know it really is, and I'm reading from an email, we all know it is really a political advisor, which is illegal. Again, this is not me. This is just something I'm reading that came to me. He is a lobbyist, pure and simple, both Rick Francis and Sharp and Abbott deny having any conversation about the vet school. If you could interview one of our four good regents in one of you four, uh, 
you reach out to me anytime, as well as you other guys who I've messaged. Um, I'm, I'm glad to talk to you. Uh, if you could interview one of the good four regents and get one of them to say that they had indeed talked with Daniel Hodge at any point after his contract was executed by Texas A&M University, that is possible fodder for the Travis County District Attorney's Office, not to mention the Texas Ethics Commission for Non-Registration and the House General Investigating Committee. Um, I appreciate uh, that anonymous email. If you want to send yours, maybe it'll get read on the program if it's juicy enough. Coming up tomorrow on the program, this we're going to get into why does the University of Houston hate cotton and what is uh, to be expected from the game this weekend. Lots of folks looking forward to Houston at Texas Tech. Nobody can break it down better than our friend at RedRaiderSports.com, Chris Level, and he will be with us tomorrow right here on your other side of Texas. So for Ross Ramsey, John Sharp on a mobile phone, I'm going to get home, got to get home, got an above-average dinner waiting for me and um, a, a great family well above average family. I don't know what kind of homework we're going to get into tonight, but looking forward to it. My daughter, just to get personal for a moment, is 11, seems to be going on 21, and we're going to have a discussion about that tonight as well. We'll see you next time right here on the other side of Texas, othersideoftexas.com, at OSTX Show. And, uh, again, you can download all this content there. And our podcast is posted there on the website, but you can also just go subscribe. Get this every day. Listen on your way to work. We promise uh, we'll keep you entertained. If it's not worth listening to, I'm not going to talk about it. That's how I do this program. Appreciate you hanging out here on the other side. Who we want.